The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Commercial Range. Pajero Executive, Pajero Commercial, Outlander Business and new L200. All with a leading five-year commercial warranty. MitsubishiMotors.ie It's The Right Hook here on News Talk. Well, last week, Bill Hughes brought in some stunning uh, music from 1916. Uh, the year, of course, of the rising. In his selection, every Thursday of Essential Songs, we pick a particular year. He's with me now. Uh, we're probably jumping forward 50, 60, 70 years. Are we, we are. We're coming up to 1974. Okay. Year of my leaving, sir. Four <laughs> years married, I was. Yeah. 74. Yeah, this is quite interesting now. I wonder I wonder what you'll come up with and what sort of memories it brings for me. Kick off with your first one. My first one is the song that won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974. Volare? No, 1970, that's from the 50s. Oh, is it? And Volare didn't win the Eurovision. It came third, oh, funnily it enough. Right. There you go. No, the song that won the Eurovision in 1974, ABBA, Waterloo. Oh, I remember it, yeah. From the Waterloo. Brighton Dome. Yeah. And it was an extraordinary year because the first, second, third, fourth songs all became hits. Like it was it was ridiculous. Really? Yeah, yeah. Olivia Newton John sang for the UK. She sang Long Live Love. Cineola Cinquetti sang See Go. Mouthon McNeil sang for the Netherlands, I See a Star. Like all big hits of the time, very but typical seventies. I remember when that played; I just was blown away. Like think about Eurovision, by and large, in particularly then, you hadn't heard the songs or anything, so it was a real surprise, and I was just blown away by it. And their image was amazing, yeah, because their conductor came out dressed as Napoleon Bonaparte straight away. You knew, oh, what's this? And then they came out. And they were dressed like just crazy clothes, especially uh, Agneta. She was dressed in a sheer blue, skin tight, shiny uh, sort of catsuit type thing. And the lads were, were just big hippie dude, Benny and Bjorn. And then Anna Fried was in a kind of a flowery frock. But the visuals and then when they went into it and the harmonies and we'd never heard that kind of a pop song before. It was such a an original song. And it's really funny because the year before, 1973, in the Swedish National Song Contest, to select a song to go forward for Eurovision, uh, they came third with a song called Ring Ring, which subsequently became a huge hit after Waterloo. But then the following year, they wrote Waterloo to target the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, I see. And they, they wrote it specifically for that reason. And... Uh, so with Agneta and Bjorn and Benny and Anna Fried, they kind of made history that night because they became one of the biggest uh, pop artists of all time. Um, the, the, the estimates of their album sales are anything up to 500 million album sales. But then they split up in 1982. They were married and they... The, those, the marriages fell apart and then the relationship fell apart. But they, and they fell from popular taste. They fell out, the public sort of, fell, they fell out of public favour. And then out of the Australian new wave of cinemas, so things like Muriel's Wedding in 1994 and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert in 1994, both the soundtracks of those movies heavily featured ABBA. And that brought ABBA back to radio and that then inspired people to create the musical Mamma Mia from the songs of ABBA 
answer straight away. I think Mamma Mia at this stage, the stage production has grossed two billion pounds, billion pounds sterling. Go ahead. So, and, and which the movie was, was massive as well. So ABBA, amazing, powerful pop song writers and performers, close harmonies. Uh, I could listen to their music all over. Yeah, I, I, I not they never affected me in the way they affected me in 1974. Though mm. when like and they, and they wrote some great stuff and I enjoyed it. Lord, like as you say, the harmonies. But I can remember 74 as clear as day now. As you mention it, and I can remember just going, wow. I'd love to hear it again because I don't think I've heard it since 74. Let's give it a lash. Eurovision winner 1974, Waterloo by Abba. Uh, I remember now, the first few bars are, there's no voice. Mm. And even the first few bars, you think there's something coming here. There really is something coming here. Uh, I love the piano. I love the piano, I must say. It's like a honky-tonk piano. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, it's class. Class song, a really class song and a great performance and uh, no wonder they became the hit that they became, yeah. you know. Uh, my favourite song is The Winner Takes It All from their, uh, yeah, their catalogue. You I love did that. that before. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's on the essential songs. Yeah, I love it. I because love it. they were broken up and yeah. they were talking about the money and all that. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Waterloo, don't change it now. It's great. I'm on a, <laughs> I'm on a roll. Uh, you'll be hard pressed though to get two of that more of that standard <laughs> well we'll see what I can do oh listen I meant to say you know it's Bill Hughes you know he's the, uh, bringing the essential songs every week at this time from a particular year we're choosing 1974 it's all on Spotify just go to the essential songs of the right hook and add yourself and um, you got all the songs there What's next? Okay, well, just thinking of 1974, I had to make a decision because I loved glam rock and 1974 was the time of glam rock. So I would love one week when I come back and do volume two from 1974 that I'll do all glam rock hits from that time. But instead, I'm going to take you to the king of disco from 1974, the ultimate king of disco, Barry White, big man with the Love Unlimited Orchestra. And he found a song that had been written in 1953 by Peter Radcliffe. It was a country song and it was called You're My First, You're My Last, You're My In-Between. And so he completely kept the structure of the song but rewrote the lyrics. He kept the, the, the breakdown structure and he called it You're My First, My Last, My Everything. And that became a global success, like a phenomenal success. And Barry White, Barry Eugene Carter, born in Galveston, Texas, um, brought up very strict household, just him and his younger brother. Uh, used to listen to his mother's classical collection and himself and the brother headed off to Los Angeles and got involved with the street gangs. And his brother was murdered in a clash with a rival street gang. And Barry was caught stealing $30,000 worth of Cadillac tires and went to jail. And I told a story about him a few weeks ago where I said he heard It's Now or Never in jail on the radio by Elvis Presley. And that changed his life. And that's you why did he said, say that a yeah. few weeks ago. Well, this is Barry White. Now, now we have, this is the career that was spawned from hearing one song on the radio that turned his life around. So you're my first, my last, my everything. And Barry White, born in 1944, died in 2003. Now, his death was attributed to his weight, really. He was massively overweight. He was 375 pounds, 170 kilos, that's not good in anyone's money. And he was having dialysis and waiting for a kidney transplant when he suffered a ma- massive stroke in 2003. And that was the end of that. Um, but he had come to Dublin a couple of times to perform. He performed one night in, in the RDS Concert Hall. And I'll never forget it because he brought the Love Unlimited Orchestra. He bought his choir. It was a Philadelphia-type sound. And one of the key things he did was, you're the first, you're my first, or the first, my last, my everything. And I just, this, this song just makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck because it takes me back to a time of going to clubs and when discos were very sophisticated, you felt they were sophisticated. It might have only been four coloured bulbs, but you thought it was great, you know, and they were flashing and people wearing short clothes, girls wearing short clothes. 
Well, All right, Just okay, checking. I better go quickly before that. <laughs> Listen, uh, Bill Hughes has selected Barry White in all money, if you're interested. Barry White weighed 25 stone. Um, uh, Bill, he's Bill Hughes' choice. Uh, you're my first, my last, my everything from Barry White. So let's have a listen. We got it together, didn't we? Definitely got our thing together, don't we? Isn't that nice? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? I can easily feel myself slipping more and more away into that super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby. First, the last, my everything from 1974, another essential song by Bill Hughes. Actually, the narration at the beginning is pretty class. Mm. Mm. He, he gets it going. He yeah, creates he could a mood. Be, he could be a presenter of the right hook with a voice like that. <laughs> well, he used to walk from the back of the hall for a live concert, and that would be his walk-on. Oh, So right. the band would play, and he would just walk, and he would touch all the ladies as he walked past, and shake hands and just and 
women used to quite literally faint. He was this huge walrus of a man coming past them in ridiculously ill-fitting clothes. And they would just scream. And he had so many hits. He had never, never going to give you up. Can't get enough of your love, baby. What am I going to do with you? And then uh, let the music play. Just amazing songs. I could, Barry White could easily, on a journey in a car, would just carry you from one place to the next. Your finale, your... uh (laughs) <laughs> We're leaving now. What is it? My finale. Okay. These, this is a bubblegum pop song. Uh, it, it fits the bill of a bubblegum pop song. Instantly disposable, disposable, but a massive number one. Uh, the band were called The Rubettes and the song was called Sugar Baby Love. And it was number one, quite literally, in every country in Europe. <laughs> it was in 1974. They went on to have other minor hits like Tonight, Jukebox Jive, I Can't Do It, but uh, the the big one was Sugar Baby Love. And what happened was uh, the, the writers, Wayne Bickerton and Tony Waddington were in the studio and they were both A&R men. They both had senior executive positions at record companies, but they needed a band to sing a song that they'd written. And they couldn't find the band. And they offered it to Shawadi Wadi, who turned it down. And they offered it around to various people who were established. And instead they decided, you know what? The, mu- the, the session musicians who are doing the backing track are really good. Why don't we create a band out of them and bring in a lead singer? And the lead singer they brought in was Paul Da Vinci because this particular song calls for an incredible falsetto. A phenomenal falsetto. And I remember being so arrested by it from the radio the first time I heard it. And uh, they they wrote it w- with an idea of, of submitting it for the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, and uh, they then held back and thought, no, it could be bigger than that. And as it was, it was a bigger song. Paul Da Vinci and the group called? Pa- uh, the Rubettes. The Rubettes. Um, Not the Ronettes. No, no, the Rubettes. Rubettes. Uh, uh, they were... They're fun, funny group of guys. They used to wear soft cloth caps really? and big, ridiculous collars when they were on top of the pops. And, yeah. you know, they used to bright red garish no, suits. Not my gig. Yeah. No, I no but when you hear the song, though. Yeah, well, it's Paul Da Vinci and the Rubette with Sugar Baby Love.
Sugar Babe Love with the Roubettes and the falsetto of Paul Da Vinci. I see what you mean. Vocal cords weren't meant to do that. Were <laughs> it they? is amazing what Isn't he's able to jam? achieve. Yeah, it's what extraordinary. He, it's, he gets right up there and uh, he's just got something about him. You know, I think he's uh, an amazing talent, but he had a solo career, um, not a hugely successful one. But I really love that recording. That just brings, it makes no, me that's smile. that's very good. Sugar Baby Love, the Roubettes with Paul Da Vinci. Uh, you can find all our songs of the essential songs of the Right Oak on Spotify under that very title, The Essential Songs of the Right Oak. And all Bill's great choices, Elvis and the Andrews Sisters and Barry Manilow, no? I haven't done very man. No, no. no, funnily enough, no. <laughs> but you two are up there. <laughs> and next week, Bill, Shane Coleman will be here uh, to, for the essential songs. I'll be uh, on my holliers. And uh, we look forward to that. So talk to you soon, kid. <laughs>